Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. Mid-sip, sir. Wait till I finish the water. Then I jump in and say, hi, everybody. And we're joined by Maddie Key as well. Hello, Maddie. Hello. Yeah, Maddie's like mid-raid or something as well right now. So No, I am I'm forgot to shut down all my work stuff, so I'm just doing like the final send of all the draft emails. So nevertheless, all three of us are here and we thank you for joining us on this episode. What is a very nice episode? I don't know if you guys understand what I mean by that. Because this is episode 69, boys. Nice. (laughs) Uh, We thank you for joining us. (laughs) It does. Get it? What certainly will be a very... (laughs) Nice episode. On this nice episode, we're going to be talking about Jose Bautista, Wander Franco, Rodion Amirov, Martin Jones, and HBO's Hard Knocks. All of that and a whole lot more coming up on this week's episode of 43.6, which of course is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we will talk a bit more about later. But first, we do want to get into what's been happening in our week. Do you know what you said brought to you by when I was a kid? And Jim might remember this. I thought it was brock to you by. I don't remember remember that whatsoever. I was like five or anywhere from like five to eight years old or some shit. It's like brock to you by. Because you know how you no, the only thing I remember from you semicolons. Fuck you. No, no, dude. We were sitting, <laughs> we were sitting somewhere waiting for like my mom in like a doctor's office or something. I don't remember what it was, but we're in the car, and it was like uh, we were like near a Sobeys or something, and the truck had our compliments on it. This dude thought it was our complaints. <laughs> I was instead like of our compliments, five. which is funny because it's the literal opposite of compliment. Could you imagine having an entire food company? based around the concept of people complaining about it well maybe from the complaints they've learned how to make something good <laughs> i mean, taking all that, your feedback you know uh, isn't that bell canada on complaints right oh yeah, yeah. maddie dropping then, the bell oh, canada he knows i've had a run-in with bell canada this week but yeah and then i don't know also, if you want to get into it but also though when he was younger he thought chihuahua <laughs> we were playing trivial pursuit or something and no, one of the answers it was wasn't chihuahua, chihuahua. It no. was the period of Chia, pyramid no, of Cheops. No, but then one time you said Chihuahua instead of Chihuahua. That wasn't me. I was pyramid of Cheapos. Oh, yeah. Instead of uh, Trivial Pursuit, it, one of the answers was pyramid of Cheops. He said pyramid of Cheapos, and it was hilarious. Just imagine you a bunch of point? cheap people just in a pyramid. Just giant pyramid of Cheapos. They're like, can we the afford place. a door? They're like, nah. <laughs> Too expensive. But yeah. Yes, I got the I got the the continued role because I was like, go. yeah, I was young. Yeah. So I had a lot go on my week. Yeah, I start with I yours. Should, I was gonna say I think I should go go at the end because there's a lot to mine. Do, so, I okay, be, I could be real quick. I tried the two new prime flavor, well, two new prime flavors for me: strawberry watermelon and the moon one. And I don't know what the moon one flavor is, but I know what it is, and it's very annoying when you're trying to drink it and you're saying I know what this is, but I don't know what this is. And it really, really bothers me. So, I think okay, it's like so white I cherry saw, lemonade. I saw the moon one at like the fancy food. I don't know if it's a grocery store or what the fuck it is. Like as you go into the Eaton Center from the path and you're entering through Queen Street, 
there's this weird, I don't know, like Puskateries or where the fuck it is, but like it's one of those like fancy grocery stores thing that's also a retailer. Is that what it's called? Puskateries. Puskateries? Where the fuck? Samsonite. I was way off. Clearly, I don't go to these places because I'm not fancy enough. <laughs> but yeah, I've seen the moon one there. and I, I bought it like, I don't know, six months ago. And I tried it and I know I've nailed the flavor, but I couldn't tell you to this day exactly what that flavor is. Yeah, that's the feeling I have. I know what this is, but I couldn't tell you. Like, it's very familiar. Um, so yeah, that's, dude, that's really all I got. The, my, the biggest story for me over the last week is trying prime flavors. That and just really into baseball cards right now. Um, Tops just released their their platinum anniversary, which I didn't like in the beginning, but they're cool because they have the 1953. Ooh, where'd you get those? When I was at <laughs> a shoe so box. when I was at uh, <laughs> when I was at Cooperstown, there was a pack of like only Blue Jays cards for like seven bucks or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I went to some other like store in Cooperstown, and they had this like lunch bag. That said, a hundred plus cards for five dollars, and it's all random bullshit cards. But yeah. I'm like, it's Still a funny five hour weird. drive home. Yeah, like why not put in a bunch of dopamine into me, like ripping open like random cards and stuff. So yeah, that's um, still cool, right? Like it's that's the best part about it. There's Tim Lopez, um, but like Platinum has old guys in it as well as the new guys. So like, and it's in the fifty three. Um, style so it's like just their portraits it's actually I didn't like it at first but then I watched the rip of it last night and I thought it was kind of neat so yeah kind of into it and like I said I watched I saw that Jordan Marano was opening some today at a shop in the city so that was kind of cool so that's been uh, that's been me I'll do uh, you know side wipe over to Matt <laughs> that was the most unenthused most all right, just go to him. Uh, no, okay, so Jim is well aware of this. My week was absolute garbage after last Monday for one reason and one reason only. My air conditioner on Monday night decided to blow up. That sucks. Yeah, so <laughs> it was, so after we recorded, went to sleep, and somewhere in the middle of the night, the air conditioner went, and we had someone come in, and they were like, well, the earliest we can do it is like next Wednesday. And I was like, no, that's not acceptable. And he was like, what? And I was like, dude, we keep this place at like 16, 17 degrees. It's already 25 in here. And by the time, like, it was just, it was bad. So we got that and um, all taken care of. Dude came in, got it done on Friday. Toot sweet. Made me quite happy. When he was in here, he's like, oh, it's like 30 degrees in here. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> That's he's why like, you're oh, here, pal. Yeah. Like, why else would you be here just to tell me that? I mean, that's what Google updates does, no? But I got that taken care of. Um, did nothing on the weekend because we were just like, it's our we first weekend back from the trip, and we were like, we don't want to do anything. You know, you don't want to go out anywhere or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that. And then, I don't know, golfed a little bit, just hung out. Kind of nice. It's quiet. I like when it's quiet now. I like when I have nothing to do anymore, especially starting September 1st. Oh, that's one thing I did. I paid $34.99 for the upgraded digital edition of Starfield so I can play it seven days early. Is it really seven days early? Yeah. So if you like, so Xbox Game Pass, obviously you get it for free. 
you can spend $34 to get the digital upgrade edition, which gets you a couple things, some packs and skins and stuff like that. Um, and then it also lets you play a week early. So I did that because obviously I want to play it a week early. Um, and that game's going to ruin my life. Like when we record the week that Starfield comes out, there's a good chance I'm going to play it while we're ta- while we're recording. And that's coming out when? That's October something, right? No, September 1st is the week early. September really? 6th is the release. September? That's like coming up. Buddy, yeah. pack a lunch. Because I was okay. I literally have a tab open right now of like upcoming video games. How the fuck did I miss Starfield? Are you going to play it? Well, of course. I'm gonna, I mean, it's not a game pass. I'm definitely going to play it. I don't see Starfield on the list list. IGN is failing me right now. Okay, there it is. It says <laughs> September 2023 PlayStation games. What the fuck? But we really have to differentiate here. Jump to Xbox, motherfucker. He's just got like issues. Bell, IGN. IGN's the worst as well. IGN is crap. But like, I I hate I hate it. But it's one of those things where most stuff flows through there nowadays in terms of gaming news and shit like that. So you kind of have to use it. Yeah. So like, especially when they do interviews with developers and stuff like that, that it's like you're only going to get that through them because of what the size they've become. So, but whatever. Yeah. Starfield, very big hype on Starfield. Very excited. How do you feel about MK one? So I'm not a moral combat guy, but you saw the announcements of like the characters that are going to be in this. Like game. Homelander yeah. and shit. Yeah. Fucking Homelander is going to be in this. Omni-Man. Oh, yeah, Omni-Man. Omni-Man too. Like, come on. That's pretty cool. Like, so, I don't know. I'll They've say this. Been good at that. The only one, the only fighting franchise that's been just as good at characters like that traditionally has been Soul Calibur. Like Soul oh, Calibur yeah. had Yoda, Spawn, uh, Master Well, they Chief. had Link, Link for the GameCube version when it came out for Soul yeah. Calibur 3 or 2. And I think just recently, did Street Fighter 6 have um, one of the Ninja Turtles in it? Like, is that real? Uh... I don't know. I, I thought think it did. so. I don't know. By the yeah, way, I think I'd also was... like to point out, remember last year when we started this podcast and we were like, oh my God, summer, whatever are we going to talk about? We're not, look at us now. We don't need lists. We're <laughs> good. We're good, no, we man. got games. We've learned. We've grown. We I mean, that's the, that's the benefit when you have baseball players fucking around with people on <laughs> the Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, we don't, we, allegedly, we don't know this. Allegedly. Anymore. But yeah, no. More co- so low key fighting games. It's one of those games I don't play often, but I'm shockingly good at. Hmm, okay, like especially the Marvel versus Capcom series. Oh, classic! I love those games to the point where I dropped so many quarters at the store down the street when I was younger. I used to steal them from my grandfather because he had this like bin of just he had like eight different change bins, all for each different coin so it'd be like a thing of pennies a thing of nickels a thing of dimes a thing of quarters a thing of toonies and lo- and a thing of loonies and then he had one where it was just like a mix and match bin i was like okay but yeah no i mean i always like Mortal combat but it's the thing like it's gonna come to game pass we all know it so i'll just wait till it's on game pass download it play it a little bit and then that's it but for the rest of this year i just started eso as like my bridge between now to starfield for those of you who don't know, ESO is Elder Scrolls Online, I think. Yes. Okay. And because like one game pass, it's free Two, I apparently already owned it on PC. 
So I was like, yeah, I'll jump in and I'll play it. It's been fun so far, but I just, I know Starfield is going to come out and it's going to ruin my life. And then Spider-Man is going to come out and going to play a shit ton of that. So just too much shit. Yeah, it's funny because I was just looking at this list literally, literally before we started recording and I was going down the list. And I'm thinking, oh, there isn't anything coming that soon. So I guess like I, I was like, oh, okay, I, I, Spider-Man is eventually coming. Okay, cool. But yeah, fuck Starfield. It's in a couple weeks. Yeah, man. Wow. Okay. And like the good thing is, is, if you don't get the upgrade edition, it comes out going right into the long weekend. No. Oh no, the fourth is the long weekend, right? The fourth is long weekend. Yeah, the official release date is the sixth. Right. So okay. So yeah. So you want to get it? Spend the thirty dollars on the upgrade edition so you can play Just it over like the long a, weekend. Play it all long weekend. No, I think I'm good. I'll I'll and, find something else to do long weekend. And Baldur's Gate Gate just came out like last week. That game's taking over everything. Has that game come out yet? Because I feel like I've yes. seen it all over on PC, like not PlayStation. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, so the PlayStation date said like uh, early September, I think. Oh, and that like that new game by um, Immortals of Avium is supposed to be pretty good. There's a lot coming out, man. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, James, are Prism cards worth anything? Yeah, depending on who it is. It's Mike Moustakis. <laughs> oh, wait, for baseball? No. <laughs> and yeah, and that's v- that's vet base, so not worth anything. Oh. If it was an Otani rookie, it'd be worth something. What's Chrome? Does Chrome mean anything to you? Yeah, that's a higher-end card. Joey Gallo, Chrome. It can be yours for $10 if you want. Base. It's base, though. <laughs> make up the price of this entire lot that i got just uh yeah i mean when it comes to those things like you're looking for like even rookie base is tough you're looking for rookie what they call refractors which is the ones that kind of look like foil so when you like rotate them in the light they see how it doesn't it does yeah see how it's just like there's no rainbow it doesn't look like there's oil in it or anything um there is no rainbow Right, so that would be what's called a refractor, and those are are worth something, not for the base cards, but for rookie cards and stuff. And then you're looking for things that are numbered, so like ten of fifty or whatever, and then you're or color variants. So like if it's like a blue sparkle, so it's a blue border instead of the silver, and then a little bit of like a sparkle aesthetic on it and stuff like that. That's the kind of stuff you're looking for. Um, mm. So yeah, it's. Um, I mean, like sports cards is real. It's a lot of fun, man. I'm, I'm really excited for the expo in November because, like, I feel like every time I go, I'm a little bit smarter and I'm a little bit more understanding of like what I'm looking for and what I'm interested in. But, yeah, man. So according to Google, the combination of blue raspberry, bubblegum, and cotton candy is what your moon flavor is. Weird. I would never. I clearly didn't get that. Yeah, I don't know if I got that either, so I don't know if that's even true, but that's what good old Google says. Well, there you go. Also, too, I just saw this, and I it generally shocked me, and I'm actually kind of excited for it. So did you know that apparently on in 2023 at some point, so maybe by the end of the year, 1080 snowboarding is going to the Switch? Oh, beyond the uh, N64 app that they have? Yeah, I'm so excited for that. 1080 was, was good. Best. So was Amped, though. Amped was Amped good. was awesome. Oh, man, I played a shit ton of Amped with my... So I think Amped came with my original Xbox. Yeah. It was like... And then Amped 2 was really Amped good because they the didn't try... Amped 3 felt not as good, but Amped 2 was well, incredible. 
and two it felt like they didn't try to do too much they were just like let's just improve on the things that did well and just offer more, a little bit more but not try and be like let's just reinvent everything also let let lest lest we forget the original xbox's ability to play imported music in the game yes. yeah so i don't even know what the amped soundtrack was because all i listened to on the amped soundtrack and this is a fucking great segue was uh disturbed or not disturbed uh godsmack's second album third album i don't remember the name of it i think it was awake whatever awake was on that album second. was what i uploaded to my xbox and that's all i really listened to while i play amped which doesn't really fit but whatever and speaking of godsmack i did see them play on tuesday night when they headlined a show which also featured stained and i know yeah. james was like fuck aaron lewis but that was that was awesome, man. Aaron Lewis is awesome. Okay, I don't care what you say. It was it was pretty great. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, it didn't sell that well though. As, I, uh, that I was couldn't, like couldn't imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> um, those floor that was floors, those pictures looked mighty wide open. Dude, when I was on, I was on the streetcar on the way over, and I was just rolling through Twitter, and it said. Oh, upgrade your tickets for X amount of dollars to get floor seats. It's like 30 bucks more you can get a floor seat. So if you bought like a $30 lawn, you could have upgraded to a $30 additional fee to get floors, which I think is like half the price of what the floors actually were selling for. So I sent that to uh, one John Greed who had tickets up on the, on the lawn. And lo and behold, he ended up joining us on the floor for the entire show. And, I, I bet and he said he was just... I bet you they probably didn't even have to pay the fucking $30. Uh, by 10 minutes in, they probably like, just fucking come in. Yeah, They're everyone just wanted. The place filled up all right once uh, Godsmack started playing, but it was pretty light when Stained was on the stage. Dude, oh, Stained, I, I like, that. as much as people want to think about them as, like, seminal in the new metal area or, or whatever, you're you're at least 15 bands ahead of ahead of them when it comes to influential bands of that era. Like, I think that's the problem, is they just, they don't... They don't stand out. They don't stand out. Um, well, I thought they were awesome. I like stained. It was fun. Uh, yeah, so it was cool because Greed got to join us, and he was only there for stained, and he was loving his life in that moment. How and I said not, to him, "How like, would the wrestler not be there for Godsmack to listen to whatever?" Which was on every ECW. Uh, we're in these towns. Uh, bumper before every commercial. Just saying. So much so that I got a uh, message from Brent Banks ECW. after I posted a video of whatever. He's like, yo, big ECW tune. Yeah, like, yeah. Right? See, everyone knows, man. Um, the coolest thing about Godsmack shows, and I saw that they did it, is when Sully uh, does the drum battle with the drummer. Because Sully's a fantastic yeah. drummer himself. Yeah. And that's what I said to Greed. I said, listen, I know you don't care about Godsmack and you're not here for Godsmack, but you're going to want to stick around. And I'm not going to tell you why you're going to want to stick around. You're just going to want to stick around. You're going to want to see this. And he's and a drummer. When it happened. Like Greed's a drummer. Yeah, exactly. So, like when, so when he saw it, I think he appreciated why I said. And I didn't want to spoil it for him of like what yeah. you're about to see. And there, it was so fucking good. The thing about Godsmack is like I don't listen to them much anymore, but the I was, I was pretty into them when they were kind of in their peak. Uh, the thing I dug about Godsmack is they were able to make songs that sound like, like Voodoo is an incredibly fantastically crafted song that's different than other things that they put together. So that kind of stuff I always appreciated about them. Um, and they didn't come off as like, 
late 90s new metal douchebags either like they always came off as kind of chill so yeah yeah I, I just, it, it was uh, great the pyro was not expected at times and it always scares the shit out of me when like a big explosion goes off at a concert but that's fun he like and... that entrance in wwe for the creative character who doesn't expect the pyro and he's like ah, and then he like trips down the yeah. ramp and the whole eric young thing essentially yeah basically yeah 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 basically Actually, big shout out to Jonathan Coachman, too. I don't know if you remember, there was a time like on Monday Night Raw, back when they had the commentary table up by the entrance. And now that I look back at that, I actually heard a story from Bruce Pritchard saying the idea at that time was to create WCW Nitro as Monday Night Raw. And then WWF SmackDown was like WWF. So if you think about it, like the WWF title was on SmackDown, the World Heavyweight Championship, the old big gold belt, was. The title for Raw. Raw with Ric Flair and, and Triple H basically mimicking the Four Horsemen, and right. And who was challenging Triple H for the world title? It was Goldberg. It was Scott Steiner. It was Kevin Nash. Like it was a lot of WCW guys there at the time. And anyways, so I remember uh, Jonathan Coachman, like Booker T, another guy, right? Yeah. If you think about it, like they were doing WCW, and they put the entrance, they put the announce table up by the entrance ramp. And I remember Jonathan Coachman on commentary had like his feet up on the desk. And then, like, Kane's pyro went off behind him, and he just, like, went ass over tea kettle and wiped out, like, <laughs> off camera. Like, it looked fucking hilarious, but you know that he just did that on his own, right? No one told him to do that. Yeah. Jonathan Coachman was actually very entertaining for uh, what people give him credit for, right? Yeah. But the concerts didn't stop there, because I also went to see Ice Nine Kills on Friday. Now, there you go. there's a bit of a story behind this one. So, on Friday night... I was, I was like procrastinating and buying a ticket to the show. I was like, eh, I'll just get it the day off. No big deal. Um, I didn't think it was going to sell and it didn't. Um, but I got kind of carried away on Friday, like cooking dinner and whatever. And then by the time I looked at my watch, I'm like, fuck, I don't have time to buy this ticket. And tickets got more expensive as we got closer to the event rather than getting less expensive, which kind of sucked. So I said, fuck it. I'm not going to go. And then maybe an hour later, a friend of mine who will remain nameless said to me, hey, I just snuck in the back. Because, like, they know people, like, in the music industry and whatever, and they were hanging out with them, and they just kind of, like, just walked in, like, when everyone else is walking in. So, they said to me, hey, I'm not going to use my ticket now, because I'm already in here. So, if you want to come, I'll just send you my ticket. It's like, okay, cool, I'll take a free ticket. And I just walked over, and fortunately, the walk didn't take that long. I just walked over and walked into the building, and here's my ticket, and I got to enjoy Ice Nine Kills, who is... Such a fucking great band. Like, Spencer knows how to put on a show, man. Man, it's just for those of you who don't know Ice Nine Kills, and we're I all big fans looking, of them here, like very big fans of them here. I recommend looking it up just because it's some of the most creative stuff you'll see in the music industry today. Just in terms YouTube of videos. like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that too. Um, yeah, because like, what's it called? Silver Scream One was just essentially they created a giant movie for every song and throughout the album on youtube for it it was really good yeah so a lot of specifically silver scream and i guess there is silver scream part two as well whatever it's called where every song is based off a horror film and even if you're like well i'm not a big horror fan like well you know fucking halloween like you know who michael myers is like you know what jaws is like so and some of the stuff that they do like this i think it's rocking the boat i think is a jaws song Yep. Or like in the breakdown, it's like, dude, dude, dude. Like it's the Jaws theme 
in like made into the song. It's so fucking cool. It's very well done. And one of my favorites is "It Is the End," which yeah. of course is because like it. based on it. And there's a moment in the song where they use like a clown horn, like and like how like to work that into a song is fucking brilliant, honestly. Dude. And it works what, so dude. well. Listen to Assault and Batteries. The chorus is the Toys R Us jingle. Right. Yeah, I forgot about that one too. Yeah, so good. Right. And okay, so another thing about It Is The End. I don't know if this was intentional by the band or it was just some kid who dressed up. Like his parents were bringing him to the show and he's a fan as well and he wanted to dress up. But there is a kid walking around in a raincoat holding a red fucking balloon. Like he's Georgie from it. I'm like, this is hilarious. Like it's either yeah. an awesome kid who dressed up or it's, it's probably, the band just, yeah, the band just thinking what would be like, I don't know, create an atmosphere here of this little kid walking around. Like he's in fucking it. I'll be interested to see what they do next. Cause I don't, I don't know that I think they should continue to draw from like that kind of stuff. Like if you go back and listen to their previous albums before every trick in the book, which I imagine they could go back to doing more books, but like Predator Becomes the Praise is still a very good album on its own. Even when they cover Adele for Pop Goes Punk or Punk Goes Pop, like it's very well done. Like they're just, there you go. There's my dude. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just showing James a, a Jimmy Key uh, yeah. Jays card. It's my dude right there. Helped, helped the Jays win a World Series. Um, the. Uh, their cover of Adele, someone like you, is really good, and the movie and their video is fantastic. It's about a dog. Um, and Taylor Swift and Zane's um, "Yeah, I Don't Want to Live Forever" is good too. They do really good jobs with that stuff. So hopefully, like I kind of want to see them maybe divert away from the concepts stuff. The next album, which is funny coming from me, who's such a Coheed and Cambria diehard, where I'm like, never leave the concept. <laughs> but for Ice Nine Kills, I'm like you're welcome to leave the concept uh so we'll see but whatever they do it's always good like even every trick in the book like communion of the curse is one of my favorite songs i love that song. i use that for a, a rosemary alley video for smash once it was cool yeah, yeah they're good man i've seen them i saw them at sneaky d's and i've seen them at warp tour i saw them once before at mm, danforth music hall and now I think this is only the second time, but maybe I've seen them one time before that. Either way. And this uh, friend who got me in there also at, after the show was like, hey, do you want to go like hang out with the band after? <laughs> like, sure, I guess. So did you? <laughs> so, yeah. So awesome. like, okay, this is this is incredibly weird. But, you know, um, something that I said to John Greed on Tuesday was really cool things happen sometimes when you just say yes. You yeah. know, like I could have stayed home and said, nah, I'm just going to hang out tonight. I'm not going to bother going to the concert. But, you know, had a hell of a time. Got to hang out with the band a bit. Pretty cool. Nice. And then, here is the, the one that everyone's talking about this past weekend. Was Saturday afternoon. I guess it was Saturday morning, for Christ's sake. I got a message on my phone at like 9 in the morning, and my buddy Adam was like, hey, I'm in line. <laughs> I'm like, you crazy motherfucker like there's toronto no chance loves, i'm standing in toronto line. loves a lineup man so i was still in bed and i was like right, I'll, I'll get there eventually and i actually so it was probably around 10 o'clock when i was like sitting on the couch and i'm like i should just go now 
Because like, what am I doing? I'm sitting on the couch watching YouTube. I'm just going to walk over to the Rogers Center now. So I joined the line in the fucking rain at 1030 in the morning for this Toronto Blue Jays game. And fortunately, the gates opened at like 1230 for the (laughs) four o'clock game. (laughs) So it was not that bad. I stood in line for two hours and secured the bag. I got myself a bat flip bobblehead of one Jose Bautista. And this weekend was all about honoring Jose Bautista and his contribution to the Toronto Blue Jays. And I guess that's where we're going to kick off the official sports stories, where Jose Bautista has now entered the level of excellence for the Toronto Blue Jays, which is always a weird thing to me, because it's like, okay, we're honoring them, but not retiring the numbers. They're just like... Their names are there, which is nice. It's still a nice gesture, you know, like Tony Fernandez is up there. Joe Carter's up there. But like all those guys, like you can still wear 29 today. Like Devin Travis wore 29 for the Blue Jays, even though Joe Carter's name is up there. The only actual numbers retired by the Blue Jays, there's only two of them. Uh, Roy Halladay being one of them. And then Jackie Robinson, which is retired all across the league. Um, Roberto Almar used to be retired by the Toronto Blue Jays until... Um, that story came out with uh, Melanie Verge and, or Melissa Verge, maybe Melissa Verge. Nevertheless, the person who uh, called out um, Roberto Alomar for the things that he had done. So that no longer is retired anymore. And we see Jordan Hicks now, I think, wears number 12. So, anyways, the point is Jose Bautista honored by the Toronto Blue Jays, his number not retired, but his name is up in the Raptors, which is pretty cool. They did that big. A long ceremony, and there was a video of all the highlights of Bautista's career, and it's it's it did make me like chuckle a little bit because and like there's a bobblehead created for that moment, right? It's an iconic moment in Toronto sports, right? Of Jose Bautista hitting that home run, and what is probably the craziest inning you'll ever see in. In professional sports, oh, right? From the comedy of errors from the Texas Jim Rangers. Jim and me were watching that game in the basement at my grandparents, and we went nuts. Yeah, like you could not just the, not just the errors though, but like if you think about the inning, like the other half of the inning, oh, the Russell Martin, the Russell the, Martin when he bat, throws the ball back the ball. to the pitcher and it hits yeah. off the batter's bat, and there's all this confusion, and the runner score, scores from third. It's like what the fuck is going on? It's a playoff game, and oh my god, and and then yeah, the the calamity of errors that happened in the bottom half and then especially the one when like, yeah at third is adrian beltray who's a hall of famer right right yeah and anyway continue <laughs> yeah so it's i what made me chuckle is that listen i'm not saying jose bautista doesn't deserve this because he does like i think the headline that everyone drove home with that with that video and everything they were talking about was jose bautista in a way, put baseball back on the map for this city. There is a generation of people who grew up loving the Toronto Blue Jays from the 92-93 teams. And then they were shit from 1995 until 2010 or 2011 or whatever it was. And that was when Jose Bautista started smashing home runs. Jose Bautista joined the Blue Jays in 2008, but I guess he didn't hit those home runs until 2010. So around 2010 is when the Blue Jays started making some noise again. Started to have a player that so, would be in the contention for an, for an MVP. Like Something I noticed when I went to the Hall of Fame last weekend, or the weekend before, 
And I'm looking at it like, okay, Alomar is there, but we can't talk about him. And Halliday's not technically in as a Blue Jay. So there are no Blue Jays in the Hall of Fame, theoretically, right? I guess there is one in a technicality, two in a technicality if you really want to get technical with things. But after Roberto Alomar, there's nothing, right? Like this team hasn't had, other than Carlos Delgado, and honestly, if you go back and look at some of Carlos Delgado's stats, he got fucking boned, man. Like he should have been MVP a couple of years. Like there was some times where he absolutely should have got that award. And he's already, he already went on the ballot. I think he got 4% of the vote and he's off the ballot. He'll never be in the Hall of Fame. And like after that, there's nobody. And even, even looking forward of the Toronto Blue Jays, who on this current team of the Toronto Blue Jays is going to make the Hall of Fame? Maybe, maybe Bo Bichette. And that's it. Like no one else has a fucking snowball chance in hell of making the Hall of Fame. So the point I'm trying to make is Jose Bautista, not a Hall of Fame player. Not insulting the guy by saying that, but he's not a Hall of Fame player. Number's not retired. Not insulting the guy, but I'm just saying his number's not retired. He's not a Hall of Fame guy. But man, did we celebrate that fucking home run like it just won the Blue Jays the World Series or something. Right, because I think it was the circumstance, right? <clears throat> I think, you know, the the Rangers were... There was a lot of... I believe guys were being thrown at, if I remember correctly, and stuff. Like, it was a pretty vicious, um, quite personal uh, wild, wild card or series. It was very... From what I remember, again, it's also hard to remember. It's like 13 years ago, which is no, sorry, so, It's like eight years ago. <laughs> eight years. Oh, eight years ago. Sorry. Yeah, I'm losing track of time. But the cool, like when I, they were flashing Jose Batista stats on TV when they're doing this, dude. In 2010, I was like, oh fuck, this guy had 54 home runs in 2010. But then they showed 2011, and he only had 43 home runs. But he had a 1.056 OPS. He had an OPS over one, and his WAR was like 11.3 or something. Yeah, like everyone talks about that 54 home run season, but he only hit 260. You're right. Like his, Dude, the 2011 his season was way better. He hit 302. Like when yes. you look at the MB, you look at the MVP voting, like he was higher in MVP voting in 2011 when he hit the 43 home runs. Than when he was in 2010, when he had 54 home runs, it's just Dude, madness when you look at it. 1056 OPS is ridiculous. And again, and this is what drives me insane. You look at the look at the All Star voting in 2011 when Jose Bautista finished third. He had 43 home runs and 103 RBI, 132 base on balls. 132 walks and he hit 302. He was a patient. Who got man. more votes than <laughs> who got more votes than him? Jacoby Ellsbury, who hit 32 home runs, 105 RBI. I mean, he stole 39 bases, which is pretty cool. He hit 30, 321, which is pretty good. But OPS Batista beats him, slugging Batista beats him. He has three times as many walks, 10 more, 11 more home runs. And somehow Batista didn't get those votes. The guy who did win the MVP that year was Justin Verlander. Now, sure, Verlander did go 24 and 5 that year, <laughs> but still, <laughs> that yeah. is actually obscene. As much as, as, much as Toronto, uh, you know, Toronto baseball benefited from Jose Batista, you know, coming here and doing his thing, I, I, you know, the argument was also made 
over the weekend that Jose Batista benefited from the Toronto Blue Jays and their staff and how they approached him specifically, you know, Dwayne Murphy, Cito Gaston, John yeah. Gibbons. They gave a lot of love to Gibbons and Murphy and uh, Gaston for sure. But I wonder if Batista was on the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees and he was able to put up the numbers that he did in Toronto in those markets. Ellsbury and Verlander don't get those votes. Jose Bautista is your one probably with right. a bullet MVP for the New York Yankees. Not even a fucking discussion. Same with Delgado those years, too. I, I can look it up. But the, whatever year that was, that Carlos Delgado should have won the MVP and who got it instead of him. But I honestly think, because it's, it's voted on, right, by the baseball writers or whatever the fuck, like, no one gives a shit about the Toronto Blue Jays. Mike so when they see... On that, I think. That's how okay, meaningless great. it is. <laughs> right. Yeah, so uh, what year was it? Oh, okay, so 2003, Carlos Delgado finished second in MVP voting. He had 42 home runs and 145. 145 RBI. Okay? The guy who ended up winning it had 47 home runs, so five more home runs, but 118 RBI. So he had like 23 more RBI than the guy who actually won the MVP. And he also, where's the walks? He walked like 20 more times. So now, and had a better batting average and had a better OPS. The guy who yeah. won the MVP was Alex Rodriguez. So there's definitely, yeah, well, there's definitely a Toronto tax, right? For yeah. for players, like you have to really over deliver um, being the only Canadian baseball team and it being America's pastime, right? Like you're at a little bit of a disadvantage. Unless you're so American like Roger Clemens, you can win a Cy Young here. I mean, Roy Halladay won a Cy Young here too. So True. Nevertheless, I guess the point I'm trying to make with this whole Jose Bautista thing, I just sometimes wonder what people from other markets, like what fans from other teams think about when they see stuff like this. Like I kept looking into the Cubs dugout during this whole presentation. I wonder what they were thinking. Like... Like they all respect Jose Bautista, no, no, dis, no, no doubt. But they are, all are we Jose are we over celebrating? Yes, that's what I'm getting at. One hundred percent. We do that with all our athletes, right? You know, I mean, outside of, I would say outside of Austin Matthews, there's not really been anyone that's truly at the level of consistently being a top tier player in any of our sports, right? The closest thing outside of that would be. Kawhi for the one year he was here which and, i don't know if you saw dave festchuk's toronto level of excellence list he has Kawhi leonard at number one of all you, time yeah <laughs> i mean of recent like, memory sure his list is like Kawhi leonard like tim Lightwicky's on there like it's a really wonky list like it's pretty funny you know what the funny thing is is i read his stuff and i'm just like oh God, this guy annoys me. When I hear him talk on the radio, he's actually not as annoying as his his writing articles, <laughs> <clears throat> which then makes me think that he writes strictly for clicks, which is what everyone does. And yeah. I'm sure that's part of it. But yeah, I mean, I do think I don't necessarily think we overhype the player. I think we overhype specific moments like the bat flip, like the Kawhi game seven shot and shit like that. Like, I think there's moments and then what that does is elevate that player in our mind a little bit more so than 
what is realistic across whatever sport we're discussing. So, I mean, do I think Bautista, like you said, is a Hall of Famer? No. Do I think he's, you know, one of, for that two, three years where he was, he was the best player in baseball, right? You know, he was a great defensive outfielder. He was obviously what he was at the plate and things like that. But I just think that we get these specific moments in our head and it elevates the players in our eyes a little bit. Yeah, but like, does he belong on the level of excellence? I mean, is he one of the best Blue yeah. Jays of all time? Yeah, I think so, right? Oh, 100%. for sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think he is in that conversation. I absolutely think it is. he is deserving of being up there. I just think it's funny that we are like so stoked about this like 2015 team. Well, I found like, I, oh, they yeah. ended the playoff drought. I was like, okay. I cool. found uh, I found it interesting how many people they brought back for it. Like they brought a lot of people. Like Marco Scudero was there, and I was like, okay, <laughs> like yeah, sure, right? Like where's um, Frank Catalanato? Like what are we doing? <laughs> like, yeah, why where's Reed Johnson? Yeah, um, Ryan Goins. Well, I guess like Goins was kind of a big part of that, but well, and then, I then feel the like video. the biggest thing with go the biggest thing with Goins though is when Batista hit that home run. Like, there's just the greatest, like, childhood ballpark celebration of Ryan Goins. Like, he True. looked like a kid playing Little League Baseball. Well, so like that's why I think Goins was Little there. League anyway. <laughs> Everyone yeah. yeah. called him Caillou. Um, <laughs> but uh, then they had the video where everyone sent their messages. And it was cool to see Strowman in that video. And fucking JP Aaron Sibia made a, an appearance and sent a message, which was wild, yeah. I thought. But... I think the chatter from most of our friends and people that I know was the noticeable uh, absence of Josh Donaldson. Yeah, I found that interesting because it was almost like it was all the heavy hitters of that team except Donaldson. Now, I would also almost even say like, I guess Tulowitzki wasn't there that long, but like if you are, if you're talking about everybody on that team, the big notables that aren't there is absolutely number one is Donaldson, but Tulowitzki too. I thought that was strange that they didn't say anything. Now, I don't know. Maybe they weren't reached for comment. So, and Donaldson but. won an MVP here. He sure did. Right. So I don't know. It's it's just int- I find it interesting. Like I don't know if it's he has a hate on for for the franchise. I, like I don't think he wanted to be dealt when he was dealt. I don't know if he holds it against the franchise. I don't know if the franchise holds anything against him because he's a Yankee. It's just, it seems very odd that he wouldn't be a part of that. I don't know. It seemed the only, and then then I got started thinking about, you know, the 2015 Jays versus like the current Jays and and their struggles and stuff like that. And I'm like, you hear all the stuff about well, like well, Batista couldn't swing a bat really until he got to Toronto, and Dwayne Murphy worked on his this and that and all of a sudden he's swinging like he used to and you know they they found a way to free him from whatever was was ailing him at the plate i'm like these fucking guys could use that (laughs) and like you know these guys so like why and maybe they have been but we were talking about this before edwin got special permission to be on the bench in the dugout for sunday's game and the jays won 11-4 i mean that guy loves this franchise clearly like clearly still loves it. He's always around here in spring training. I believe he's around as like a consultant or something. Or he's like, he's always around something. Why have, have they offered any of these mans the hitting coach job or like a hitting consultant or something like you would think they've Maybe. had to, right? 
Yeah, but like maybe guys just aren't necessarily suited for that or they just don't want it. They're like, hey, I love being around the team. I like doing this. I like doing that. But they're like, look, I don't want to make this a job. Sure. But you look, I, I look at Edwin in the dugout from Sunday. He looked like he was supposed to be there. <laughs> like, at, like he looked like the manager. Yeah, but so here's the thing. I feel like there's plenty of really good players that just sometimes it doesn't translate of being a really good coach. Well, that's the whole guy. The better you are, the they say like the yeah, less inclined or the less ability you are to be a coach. Because yeah. like, look at Gretzky. Gretzky was, was not because exactly. you know what it is. It's they see the game and think the game at such a level that they can't convey like their instincts. Like you can't coach the way they think the game. Like Crosby will never be a good coach because he just thinks the game at such a different level. You can't teach someone yeah. how to do that or it, how to have those instincts. It reminds me of Bobby Eaton. I don't know if you ever heard this story. Like, I don't remember what they asked him. Like, Bobby, how did you do that? He's like, I don't know. I just do it. Like, they're, they're just almost so good that they don't think about it. They just do it. Yeah. And then there's other guys like, I don't know. I know I'm using a lot of wrestling analogies here, but think of like Al Snow, who is never like a top wrestler. But if you think about how many guys he's trained in Ohio Valley, like also the fucking great coach or Danny Davis and like all these guys who weren't major stars ended up being really good coaches. Lance Storm, another great one. Um, so actually, that's probably an interesting question of like, who's the best player who became the best coach? Maybe I don't know. We can take that one away and think about it and maybe... Yeah. Uh, come back with that later it'd be an interesting but even, discussion i'm just saying like watching him in the dugout it looks natural like he's he's talking to guys he's like you know sh like illustrating something like i feel like i feel like that's a fit like i feel like encarnacion is more of a fit as a, than a batista would be as a coach i really do um and i feel like he would have a lot to offer this team especially considering their current you know challenges with runners in scoring position again looked great on Sunday 11-4 against the Cubs who you know both these teams need to need to kick it into gear if they want to secure their their playoff hopes this year I mean the Cubs are now running for the division which is wild right it, it makes sense though like the Cubs I know that division is shit. At the, well yes and everyone at the deadline was like oh the Cubs need to sell because they're out of it they have Cody Bellinger like everyone just forgets that Cody Bellinger is a really good hitter and boy, did he turn it on the past month. He got named the NL Player of the Month, did Cody Bellinger. And I think he's going to get a big payday this offseason. Man, how good would it have been if the Blue Jays were able to pull that trade? Because everyone was talking about at the deadline, like, well, the Cubs are going to have to trade Strom. They are talking about signing him in the offseason, and he chose the Cubs. Yeah. We had an offer, yeah. apparently, on the t I say we as if I was there. The Jays had an offer on the table for, for Cody Bellinger. Um I just find when I look at these two teams, like 2015 and, and now, where, you know, these are two moments of the Blue Jays where they're supposed to be successful, or like at least there's expectations on the team compared to historical teams. The, the thing I still find differently is, like, you look at that team in 2015 and 2016. Those guys were killers, man. Like, and I know we talk about this across all sports, you know, I think we talk we talk about this a lot with the Toronto Maple Leafs. There's something to be said about a killer instinct in a, in a in an athlete, and those Jays like Josh Donaldson was a killer at that time. Edwin Encarnacion was a killer. Jose Batista was a killer, right? 
Mark Str- Marcus Stroman was a killer. Like they were, like they there was hate for the other teams. There was, you know, we don't. I don't see that with this team yet. And like I still see, like again, no, not I still see Vladdy laughing all the time. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, I guess it's cool, but. At some point, and maybe they're still just too young. Because if you look at those Jays teams, those guys were in their early 30s. Late yeah, those 20s. Are all, that was a big veteran team. Like, yeah. It, not just Batista and Donaldson and Carnacion, but also there was Troy Tulowitzki and Russell Martin. Like, those guys were. Russell Martin, killers, right? Insanely good, right? You know. Yeah, so if you match up this Blue Jays team, like this Blue Jays team currently, I don't know if it's 12 or 13 or 11 or whatever, like are well over 500. They are a, a, well, a team in the contention. They're a good team. They're, just they're in a contention really of a really good spot. division. A very good division. That may have gotten worse. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But if you take this team as it's currently constructed and play them against the 2015 in their prime, the 2015 beats them like 90 times out of 100. Yep. It's, it's not even close. It's a more complete team. Yes. And, I, and sometimes I forget, like, even Dalton Varsho is really young. Like, really, yeah. <laughs> really young. And, and we have him for 50. five more years. Yeah, and right. we have him for five more years. Yeah, so I think, you know, this team is built for the grind if they can get everyone under or on the books and, and you know, they can continue to grow and iterate on it. And I hope they learn from guys that are going to come through here, like a Kevin Kiermeyer. And listen, you, it's so noticeable when Kiermeyer is out of the lineup. Like he brings like so much leadership and and stuff, you you can just tell. And his defensive abilities are are still kind of unmatched. So it's you know, I hope I hope they. I guess I was watching the Batista thing and I was like, I hope these guys get something from it. And then they fucking blew no. it. They no, got they nothing. Didn't. There was times at the end of that game where I was thinking. Man, it'd be great if we could just let Jose Bautista pinch hit here. Right or now. can Edwin just... He's already in the jersey. <laughs> or Edwin. Or Adam Lind. Get Lindy up there. Like, yeah, there's, sure. there's so many guys just walking around. Right. Travis well, Steiner, take lunchbox. Get lunchbox. Yep. Yeah. But... Shout uh, out to... Uh, shout out to Adam Lind's hair, though. That looked pretty good. Shades of Maddie Key there. What? Adam Lind? Yeah. Adam Lind's hair, yeah. I didn't see it, to be honest. It's I like, long. Barely- I barely tuned into that game. <laughs> well, congratulations to Jose Bautista. It is well deserved. I know, I know it made it, it almost seemed like we made it sound like it wasn't. It, it is well deserved. And congratulations to Jose Bautista. He truly is uh, deserving of being in the level of excellence because he is what I would consider a treasure for this team. And this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now your treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. Sourced from galleries in the U.S. and U.K., which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R. T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A or dot com. And remember, go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram. Send them a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off 
any order. You know, I'm looking at the Now Your Treasures page right now, and there's a, a Jar Jar Binks poster up for sale right now as well. I know a lot of people weren't a big fan of Jar Jar. I think that guy is deserving of a resurgence. I don't know if you guys believe well, this or not. Jar Jar doesn't, but the actor who did got his got his moment because the guy who played Jar Jar Binks got a lot of hate, like a lot of hate, and to the point where like he went into like depression apparently or shit like that. Um, and they brought him back in, I think it was Mandalorian. Uh, yeah, it was Mandalorian, and he was the Jedi that saves and gets Grogu out. Did that? Did that happen? Yeah. Really? Yes. I have to rewatch this. I don't remember this at all. Yeah, it was like the flashback to the Jedi Purge, and he's the Jedi who gets Grogu on the speeder chasing through. Oh, Coruscant. oh, oh, oh! Sorry. Oh, yes. the The voice, the actor who played the voice of Jar Jar, was the was the person the Jedi, who saved yeah. Grogu yeah. as a oh, Jedi. Did you say I said but Jar Jar was, was the Jedi? Jar Jar Binks as a Jedi. No, no, no. no. By the way, I did. Uh, lo- so go I was going to say for now, uh, now your treasures, they're going to be at Fan Expo. They have a booth. Yeah. So yes. make sure if you're at Fan Expo, you look them up and check them up so you can see all those beautiful prints in person. I'll also be at mm-hmm. Fan Expo for the shoot job, so you can come say hi. Nice. I will I will say this. Last year at Fan Expo is where I saw those X-Men prints they had, where they're like the two three-tone so good. Uh, 90s X-Men prints. And there's six of them or like five of them that all go together to make one. And it's like one of them had like Rogue, Wolverine, and Storm. The other one had Cyclops and Jean. The other had like Magneto and Professor. And it just... They were all done in like two, three tones of color. It, they were so nice. If yeah, if you're I into pop them. culture and you you need art for like your living room or whatever, and you want to, or, or a man cave, like it's they're so nice. Like they just oh yeah, they they look classy, and that's and and they're limited. Like yeah. it's not like something where you just go to a store and you can get like a copy of a movie poster or a print of a movie poster. These are legit. You know, only fifty are made in the entire world. Prints, kind of thing. And There'll be conversation pieces in any room for sure. Oh yeah. So now, we'll get the booth number for Fan Expo and where that'll be. Yeah, that's a good idea. We should do that for next week, or if we can get it now, that'd be great. But I just to stay on Jar Jar for a second here. Walk <laughs> with me on this, okay? I know you guys aren't Metal Gear guys, okay? But in Metal Gear Solid, in Metal Gear Solid Two. There's one of the biggest swerves, bro. Um, that's a Vince Russo reference. There's one of the biggest swerves, I think, in video game history where all the marketing material showed Solid Snake doing this and Snake doing that and Snake doing this. And then like an hour in the game, they flip it on you and you're no longer Solid Snake and you're this whiny like, bitch named Raiden. Yeah. And you have to play the entire game as Raiden. And man, do people fucking hate that. <laughs> like People despised Raiden. But fast forward to Metal Gear Solid 4, and I think they realized, okay, people really hate Raiden. We're going to shove this down your throat, and we're going to show you how fucking cool Raiden can be. And he went from being a whiny bitch Raiden who, ha- who happened to have a sword to like ultimate cyborg ninja badass motherfucker Raiden with a sword who's chopping dudes' dicks off. Like He was the Dude, coolest motherfucker. Game. He didn't have getting a game, too. Speaking so my of, point is, Jim had a cool statue of I had the sword that has the, the sword that has the lightning. So when you turned it on, the lightning would go through the sword and shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's another thing. Raiden just happens to like shoot lightning out of his hands and shit. Now. Yeah. And like, there's this awesome moment in Metal Gear Four where like 
Raiden is holding back a huge like Metal Gear from landing on Snake, and then his arm gets trapped, so he just takes his sword out and cuts his own like arm off to like just to keep Snake safe. It was so cool. Raiden is like the coolest thing all of a sudden. Anyways, my point is, imagine this. Jar Jar Binks comes back into the Star Wars world, but he's like ultimate bad guy Jar Jar Binks. Like he is an evil and violent Sith Lord. And it's that, because everyone turned their back on Jar Jar Binks. That was, well, that the, was the theory the, for a while. The theory is that, that he was he was the hidden Darth, Sith Lord. Darth uh what was Sidious? It? No, the one above it. Plagueis. Plagueis, yeah. Right. Yeah, that he was the reincarnated or the survived Darth Plagueis who didn't actually die by Sidious. I don't know. I just think that'd be cool. I think there's legs well, there to do something. They said there was always three, right? Two. Or two. Two. Yeah. Or we can just keep bringing back Palpatine. You know, we can just keep doing that. I, I just, I need them to do Old Republic. I need Old Republic in visual content. And I need my Old Republic remake game. Although it could never live up to the original just for what it meant. But I just need to play it with modern graphics and watch Revan go to work. You know who doesn't like Old Republics? Yeah, so uh, we've put this off long enough, and I'm going to try to dance around this one. <laughs> so on Sunday, uh, there was a social media post that came out, which appeared to be Wander Franco. And in this post that appeared to have a picture of Wander Franco, and there's a number of pictures, actually. Um, that Wander Franco appeared to be the subject of these pictures was also pictured with a female. And there has been questions as to how old this female is. Now, just after this came out, I don't know if this is related or not, but Wander Franco was pulled from the lineup on Sunday. Maybe it was a rest day. Maybe it was scheduled. I find that hard to believe considering it was a Wander Franco giveaway day. Oh. Usually organizations don't like to do that. Also, did you guys see the giveaway? It was the a hat? hat. So it's not just a hat. Oh, yeah. So it was, the- a Wander, it was a Wander Franco hat. It was only being given away to kids, to kids 14 and under. Eee. I think not only was it only being given away to kids 14 and under, you can't fucking write this shit. Stop it. It also had get some help. <laughs> not only was it uh, being given away to kids 14 and under, but it also had a like a pride rainbow inspired design to it. So which yeah. I know is a hot topic in the United States, especially in Florida. In Tampa, yeah. So be, uh, yeah. first of all, he's on the restricted list now. Because there's investigation, so, yeah. Right. So Jeff Passan earlier today said the Tampa Bay Rays have, play, have placed shortstop Wander Franco on the restricted list, which takes him off the roster and in most cases unpaid, as Major League Baseball officials tell the ESPN. The league has launched an investigation into the social media post about Franco from Sunday. So I found out in my sports card groups where I see posts, they're like, sell your Franco cards or, oh, there goes my Franco collection. 
uh, blah 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 and I was like what the fuck and they're like check Twitter so I go on Twitter or X sorry and I, I'm like what is so apparently I guess though this might have been like a, a legitimate relationship that she's now holding him hostage like some people are saying she asked for hush or he was going to give her hush money like these are the things that are now being swirled around so these are things that are being like <clears throat> speculated um, speculated on x so it's not necessarily anything that's no i mean they're saying that oprah winfrey caused the fires in maui and in hawaii on x so take everything with a grain of all sorts of nonsense to get on x but i mean when you think about things that are the least ridiculous things to happen if you're a 14 year old girl in the dominican republic that's having some sort of relationship with wander franco is it outside the realm of possibility that you're going to hold this man hostage for a large sum of money well, there's also two, there's people, and again, this is a legend. I'm not necessarily trying to defend Wander Franco. It's just in terms of the, um, what's it called? All the information out there. People say that if you comb through this broad's Instagram, she's driving around her car with her baby and then also pictures of her drinking vodka and shit like that. So they're saying maybe she isn't actually 14, that she's probably like 18 or 19 which still kind of weird for Wanda Fran- oh, Wander okay. Franco. Okay, well, Wanda but, Franco's 22 years old. So if she's 19... There's 100% nothing wrong with any of this. Right, so... And that's also, like, that's also assuming that there is some sort of relationship between the two of these people, Yes. Right? Like, we don't yep. even know that. So I think that's worth mentioning, that we don't know anything right now other than he's been placed on the restricted list while Tampa Bay... And Major League Baseball does their investigation. But if you're an athlete, man, if you look at the pictures, though, it looks fucked up. Though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's not a good look. She's pretty. She looks pretty young. Like this. I mean, if this girl's 19, when she's gonna be very happy when she's 40. Like that's that's how young and youthful this woman looks. But if you're a professional athlete, man, like you've got to be. Like it sucks, dude. I get it. Your personal life is immediately fucked if you become a star professional athlete. But that's the trade-off with. You know, you give the stresses of financials away because you're taking care of all this stuff. But other thing, you have to give back in life. And one of those things you give back is that you got to be more careful with your person. You really have to know who you're entering relations with, you know, especially with things like media. Everyone's got a camera and a phone. It's not the days of, you know, the early 90s where guys are just stories or legends of things that went down no it's documented 90 percent of the time but now we're going to enter a new like i'm going to go off on a little bit of tangent i guess and then we're going to enter a new era where things can be feigned through ai and and deep fakes and shit like that which is also really fucked up so like if i get more so than ever if you're a professional athlete you you gotta just keep your side of the street clean to borrow from the bear you just gotta really you know watch where you step i think it's it sucks and and is it fair no but fucking life's not fair dude so if you're gonna get kajillions of dollars like be careful because people are vicious like and who's to say this this broad didn't tell her again the speculation but say i'm 18 okay cool nah she's really 14 you know so i did out of due diligence I said, okay, Wander Franco, where 
did he grow up? Okay, he was born in the Dominican Republic. So I was just like, Dominican Republic, age of consent. Type down to Google. It's 18. I'm like, fuck. All right, can't help you there, buddy. Um, yeah, there's no Marty Skrull na- argument for you here, pal. Right. But neighboring Haiti... Hold on. I, I, I read this earlier today. I wanted to make sure I have this right. Haiti, age of consent. I thought it said 14. No, it's 18. Never mind. <laughs> so it's not even like he can argue. Th- now, there probably is a country somewhere in South America, Central America, Caribbean, maybe I and think it might be Ecuador. just sought it out. He was like, which one has 14? Okay, I'm going there. Uh, Ecuador is uh, 14 age of consent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not as bad as Japan where it's fucking 12. So what I guess what I'm getting at here is that also needs to be considered. I don't know where this, um, you know, this girl is from. Oh, by the way, Japan raised it to like 16 or 17 now. I think it went from 12 to 14 in Japan. Well, because like, I'm just looking at it now. It's like it increased from 13 to 16 in Japan. Oh, 13 to 16. Okay. Still, I don't know. Still. Ah. It's still. It's still. <laughs> Fuck God, you, man. But you, hey, play, you play baseball in America. Okay. So you, you get paid in American dollars. Like. Yeah. 182 sheets. Yeah. Don't give me this. Getting... Oh, in Ecuador. <laughs> like that's the. Well. No, I'm, play I'm just saying. Well, okay, so that's where the gray area is in some of the stuff, though, right? Like, I agree. I'm just saying, but from a, from an internal moral standpoint, okay, then go play baseball in Ecuador and get paid six pesos and empanadas, right? Like, I, I'm I like sorry. Empanadas. Do you know what I mean? Like, empanadas are very good. Um, They're good. Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna reap the benefit of somewhere else, you gotta. I think in, on some level, you have to take the moral standard that comes with it. I just want to back up there for a second. I want you. Let, I want to let you rephrase that. Reap <laughs> so, the benefit. Okay. I yes. know, but <laughs> is it a benefit? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. No, I mean the, the, the money. In his perspective, you yeah. may see it as a benefit, not from yours personally. Yeah. The money I'm talking okay. about. If you're going to have the benefits of being oh, a baseball I thought you meant- player. No, not not the fourteen year old. I, I just, I just want to clarify Bruh. what you have said yeah. yes. on this podcast. I, good, clarify away. I want that to be crystal clear. I was talking about the money. Yes, exactly. Yeah. No. Okay. I I just think regardless, it's one of those things of whatever he may think or wherever he's like. Well, here it says doesn't matter. Like, dude, it's you know, you know, you know, right? like, and it's it's especially now. Truth. Especially now, I'll say this, and people say, oh, it changes. Dude, I just, I look at everyone around me now as a potential, like, predator. Lawsuit? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I I look at everyone now as, like, having a daughter, and I'm hyper aware of all this shit. And, you know, it's like, it's Full sound of freedom. Yeah. Like, to me, it's, if she's, like, 13, 14... And, you know, say she's in high school and some dude who's like 17, 18 in high school is messaging her. No, his arms are getting broken. The other other thing, too, is like, again, again, I know we're we're wildly off here. But like, remember, too, in these in some of these circumstances, man, like the families are going to be like, yo, get in with that wander guy. That guy, that guy makes millions like we could be rich if you just, you know. That's the thing too. Is we also have to be aware because, like, this is allegedly, but we also don't know if maybe it was 
and again, I'm not trying to justify or anything like that. I'm just trying to think the whole story could have been a family friend that he's just hanging out with and they knew what they were doing. Right. Like, yeah. There's, that, there's extortion. Like the, like that's what I'm saying. Extortion of pro athletes is also a real thing. Right. Um, so I don't, again, I'm not saying it, it's what happened. Like we'll wait for the investigation. Hopefully the MLB does a better job than the NHL does in their investigations oh, yeah. into things. Um, hopefully we get to, to hear about it sooner rather than later. But I mean, again, I guess for, you know, Wander, he's not going to get paid now. And nor should he. Like, to, to my thing, again, keep better company, be more careful, be have better judgment. Like, you're getting paid gajillions of dollars. It's the John Morant thing. Just make better, make good choices. Like, they fucking said it in Pitch Perfect. Make good choices. He recently signed an 11-year, $182 million contract. So I said 180 sheets, and... To me, this is this is the mindset that I have, and it's like like Jim said with the John Moran thing. It's like, dude, know know that you are a target for people who will try and take advantage of you. It's like Straight when you win up. the lottery. They say get a financial advisor, change your phone numbers, whatever. Yeah. Like it's the same. It's it's no fucking different being an athlete. You need to there's, carry there, yourself differently. This is the three steps when you get a lottery. When you win a lottery, you don't claim it right away. You go through the process of changing your phone number and giving it strictly to only people you like value and trust around Delete you. Your like, social media. Social media gets deleted or whatever. And you essentially sell your house or move somewhere else under someone else's name that you trust, like a family member, whatever. And you hide out for a bit, then you claim it. I know it's off topic, oh, but yeah, I know, and I've been thinking a lot about that because I, 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 I believe I won one point five billion dollars in the Mega Millions I, because I bought a ticket and I haven't checked it yet, so I'm just telling myself that I've won, <laughs> manifesting it. Yeah, exactly. Um, here's the thing: I think we're all in agreement here that if this becomes true. And if Wander is having a relationship of some sort with a minor, then fuck him. Yeah, out the league. Yeah. Like, that's out the league shit. Like, you shouldn't be allowed to... You shouldn't have the privilege of playing this children's game, essentially, for millions of dollars. You no longer get that... Terrible choice of words, man. It's a, it is a children's game. Any, like, any sport you play is a kid's game. The, all, all I'm trying to say is you don't get to play a professional sport if you're conducting yourself in that way. Nah, if any of this is true. We, again, exactly. We don't know this is true yet. We've just seen pictures on social media. There's an investigation. And it, was a top, and it was a top story. Like literally a top story since Sunday. So we will have to see how that goes. Um, it's... it's wild story man i I just i just don't understand like i i want it to not be true not because i give a fuck about wanda franco i just don't want to believe that actually like a a man did that it's one of those things where you want to believe enough in humanity that this isn't real so i'm hoping that's the case and i'm not trying to defend the guy if he's done anything wrong i'm just saying i hope that's not what something he actually did 
He's still trending. Like, like the name is still trending. It's a That's, big story, man. Yeah, yeah it's it's messed up, man. I just, it's hard. Um, there's another big story that happened uh, today, and we were talking about this guy recently when we were talking about the Maple Leafs and who we thought may play this season in like one of those last pl- uh, one of those last roster spots, and we were trying to think like, okay, well, we need, or we. The Maple Leafs need someone who can come up and down, someone who's waivers exempt, someone who can contribute in different couple, couple different ways in the lineup, and you know maybe we'll see certain players uh, go up and down all year because they just need the cap space. And um, we threw out names like Nick Robertson and Pointus Holmberg and Matthew Nyes, like all these guys who are waivers exempt. And then we also said like, what about what about Rodion Amirov? Like they drafted him a couple of years ago. I know he hasn't. He's been uh, ill. So we didn't know like what his recovery was and how that was going. I, I know that in, in May, he had signed a contract extension in Russia that essentially would continue his loan from the Maple Leafs to play another season in Russia. And I was taking that as an indication of like, okay, so maybe he is working towards coming back this year. And that's fantastic. But unfortunately, we heard from his agent today on social media that uh, Amira passed away today. Um, the kid was, was he 22 years old? Like I, he had been, uh, fighting a battle of, he had a brain tumor. I, I think it was a couple of years. Uh, mm, I think it was like February of 2022 when Kyle Dubas announced that he had a brain tumor and he's going in for treatment to hopefully, uh, get rid of the brain tumor. But here we are, uh, Tron Maple Leafs draft pick first, first round 15th overall, uh, kid who had his entire life ahead of him, who unfortunately is no longer with us. It sucks, man. That's for and for Dudu showed so much, I guess, courage and you know, battling through adversity. Like, we talk about, like, oh, we go through adverse times, you know, where shit may just be down on your life a little bit. This dude had a brain tumor and was like, you know what? I'm not going to let this stop me. I'm not going to let this hold me back. Came back, was training back on the ice. Like, that kind of. I guess light, it sucks even more when it goes way too early. He's uh, He was 21. I, he was born in 2001. I was trying to do the math in my head, but he was born October 2nd, 2001. So he's only 21. He would have been 22 this year. I remember him making it to a Leaf game, like opening ceremony. It was um, this year? Yeah. Or like the was, previous season, just passed. And he was cheered and and celebrated. and You know what I mean? And it's kind of... It feels like it almost came out of nowhere because for all intents and purposes, like you said, he was there. He looked okay. Um, I mean, I'm talking from a guy watching through a TV screen. But you didn't hear any negatives coming out. You didn't hear about any more treatments or any more hospitalizations or whatever. It sucks, man. Like, I remember not knowing who he was when he was drafted. Um, But I remember looking up his play and he was a hell of a playmaker like Mm -hmm. he had he was very good in tight with the hands and stuff it's it's you know it's tragic like 21 is is too young too young yeah we were just talking about 22 year old uh wander franco who's making you know 182 million dollars right like that's like a guy who's a year older than him right that's 
it was really tough. Like when I read it today, like I, I audibly yelled out loud, like, no, no, like fuck, man. Like that's just, that sucks. It really yeah. does suck. I don't know how, what else, how else to put that, but of course, condolences to the family, uh, the Amira family. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's going to be, uh, you know, a tough couple, a tough, I don't know. I was going to say a couple weeks, of weeks, but that's, the, yeah, like there's, there's no timeline for something like that. Well, right? like you know, just, you, you always hear like no parent should have to bury their child, right? Right. Yeah. And it's, it's the ultimate, I guess, thing you fear the most is, is a moment like that occurring. Um, especially when it's something like that, where you're completely helpless to do anything to, to prevent it or make it better or whatever that it's just, I can't yeah. imagine, man. And it does kind of, uh, make you reevaluate some things in your life. Like we're really lucky to have hacker Scotty O'Shea still with us. Yes. You think about it, right? Like he also had a brain tumor and just, it came out of nowhere. Didn't know it was a thing. And I mean, he's, he's still with us, man. He's, he's walking around, he's living his life. So that's pretty fucking cool that he is still, still with us. And I have another friend who had a brain tumor and she'd lost like hearing in her left ear, but still walking around, still, still going to concerts. (laughs) So, um, it's, it's, it's good, and I'm thankful that there are still people in our lives that have had this and have survived, because this is a great example of like how it can go the other way, and right. no one wants that. Yeah, like it's, it's one of those things where it can turn real quick, right? So it's, yeah, like all the best to his, to his family, and, you know, there's nothing you can say to you know, to anyone or to the family or anything you can kind of convey that would help. But I think the best thing you can do is just, you know, keep the family and understand and their thoughts and understand that they're going through a rough time. And there really is no clean transition out of a topic like this. So what we're going to do is try to stick to the Maple Leafs. And the Maple Leafs were also uh, making some moves earlier this week and found themselves in the headlines as they acquired a goaltender that, you know, a lot of us weren't necessarily thinking they were going to do anything like that, right? I suppose if you look at their depth and you go down the list of who's on the roster right now, yeah, they probably do need a goaltender. (laughs) If You're like, well, Keith Petrozelli is probably going to be your... Before this transaction, uh, Keith Petrozelli was probably going to be the starter for the Marlies and Petrozelli was only on the roster this past year because they didn't want to use David Ayers in net. <laughs> they <Yeah>. needed. <laughs> I don't think Ayers actually works for the organization anymore. No, uh, I think probably, he he capitalized fairly quickly and then yes. moved. Good on him. Or he probably had to move. The people are like, oh, fucking kill you, Ayers. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the Maple Leafs went out and they got a goaltender and they got one Martin Jones and listen. Jonesy's not a bad goaltender. No. And Martin Jones can be a useful goaltender in the NHL. Now, is he going to be a starter for the Maple Leafs? Absolutely not. But I think what this means, and you guys correct me if, if I'm off on a tangent here, but like I think this means they are definitively saying that Samsonov is a starter. 
and that Joseph Wall is going to be the starter in the Marlies. Petrozelli will back him up unless they, you know, one of these guys they drafted recently are going to make a play to be that uh, backup role in in the Marlies. But I think Jones is being brought in as the backup for Samsonov. I think I think it's great insurance. You know, it's it's a guy who had a pretty good pedigree for a while. L.A. San Jose. You know, he's he's shown that he can play at this level. Now he obviously isn't what he used to be or what everyone hoped he would pan out to be long term. But I mean, say if Samsonov does get hurt again, or say if there's concerns with, you know, goes through a rough stretch, he's a guy that can come in for a stretch of games that you feel confident and comfortable in. Um, while you're still waiting for Joseph Wall to to marinate a little bit, you know, as you know, marinate's a great word because as you were saying that, I kind of got thinking they're gonna have to put someone through waivers. <laughs> so well, I think you probably put Jones through waivers and just assume no one will claim him. So the, to me, this is more of a training camp <clears throat> options thing, right? Like when remember when they had Aaron Dell, and then Aaron Dell was here for three and a half weeks and then and they put him on waivers and he got claimed right so i think you know they'll go into camp it's nice to have options i think you need to make wall uncomfortable to yep. see you know if he can push past somebody who has nhl experience right i don't think you want him going into camp being like i got this like you or think okay. your spot's guaranteed right yeah. let me let me throw this these possibilities at you who would you rather have on this team long term, Wall or Jones? I haven't seen Wall. enough of Wall, but I mean, I mean, long term because like Wall is thirty three, or sorry, Jones is thirty three. He's still actually relatively young for attendee. I'd say so, uh, still Wall, but okay. I mean, he shows he has a higher upside. Sure, I agree with that. The other question is, if Jones goes on waivers what's the percentage chance he gets claimed 100 percent. i think he gets claimed yeah if wall goes on waivers what's the percentage chance he gets claimed yeah i think he does as well but like he can can't he go through waivers he, it's fine no neither are waivers exempt jones or wall hmm. i wonder so, if the leaves i wonder if the leaves flirt with keeping an extra goalie on the roster. They can't. They have zero. <laughs> they have, <laughs> unless that goalie's going to well, moonlight as a fourth line winger. Hey, man. They can't. Slurpee. It's going to have to be worse. Slurpee. It has to be like four, four, eight. It has to be a, like a a pizza place, like two, four, one or something. You know, <laughs> they'll have to figure something <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> That's good. That one's good. Yeah. But because what I'm trying to get at here is either way, someone's going to have to go through waivers, whether it's Jones or Wall. I I know at the beginning of this segment, I said, I think Wall is your start of the Marlies now. Actually, I don't think that's going to happen. I think you're going to have to put Jones on waivers at the beginning of the year and hope, hope that he, he clears. clears. Just yeah. hope that he clears. Just like He'd what like they did the with Aaron Hutchinson, Dell last year. The Michael Hutchinson strategy. Yeah. And then once he... And I, I think there's a higher percent chance of Jones clearing than yes. Dell was last year. Because I think, I, that was a circumstance. There's teams that needed goaltenders, and there was one for them. 
I think because we're mid-August right now and Jones just signed a one-year deal for 875, if there was teams out there that wanted him, they would have signed him to a one-year 875. That said, I think it's safe enough that, that Jones goes through waivers. That's I don't think true. you want to even... I don't but think you, you want to risk it. putting Wall on you have waivers. To do it. Something. If you want to keep Jones on your roster or in the organization, you have to put him through before November. Because yes. teams no, will start I, making decisions and they'll will, pick a flyer up on a guy if they see their goaltending isn't shaking down the way they want. No, well, Which is what happened with Aaron He will Dell. go on waivers Aaron, before the season starts. New, did Aaron Dell go to New Jersey, right? I think he did uh, I because Mackenzie Blackwood and somebody else went under, and I think New Jersey picked him up. So that's what I mean, right? Like, you have to be. But again, I think I think the you're right. The Leafs value they don't past Wall. There's nobody. There's no more Shalgren. There's like I think it's like you said it's Petrozelli, and then I think it's Dennis Hildeby. Is probably next on the depth chart. Oh, the. Um, uh, what's his name? The Russian guy, Aktyamov. So yeah, I I think the the thing is if you if you know a hundred percent that one of them is going to be claimed, if you put them through, you put Jones through because Wall's younger, higher upside. He showed a little bit last year. He's a homegrown talent. You know, you know everything about him unless you already know everything about him and you're not comfortable with him, but. I think that just on potential alone, you have to look at keeping him. And worst case scenario, I think you could acquire a goaltender of Jones's caliber relatively easily throughout the season, right? Like, it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg to go out and get a Dave Riddick, Martin Jones in January, I mean- February. There's a good chance though that Carter Hart might be up from Philly because they're going to be so terrible, and there was talks that the Leafs were looking at trying to get him anyway. Well, that might take a bit more fandangling with the salary cap, though, right? Yeah, just a little, just a bit. But that's <laughs> if Nylander's still here. Cue up that twenty four seven Pridham Twitch stream. Yeah. I need, I need, I need Brandon Pridham on Big Brother, but give him electronics, and I'll watch. I feel like. I feel like at this point, Brandon Pridham is like one of those like precogs that are in Minority Report that's just plugged into the pool and constantly on their thing, and they just he's just plugging numbers he's away all the time because there's so yeah. many problems. And the ball just spits out what the Leafs have to do yeah, with like all this every shit on five it. Five seconds. There's it's like yeah. paper transaction, paper transaction. Yeah, exactly. That's my idea, Brandon Pridham, but. Um, yeah, I think if you if you're worried about it, you definitely keep Wall. But I think Jones is a good addition just for security, comfort. Um, like I said, if something goes awry with them, and even in training camp, like what if Wall or Samsonov gets injured yeah. in training camp? Bust the knee, yeah. God forbid. Right. You know, as you mentioned, Carter Hart, it got me thinking, and this is going to take us on a completely different tangent. But I'm curious what your answer would be. I know uh, Gary Bettman's an asshole, so we'll never see the NHL uh, play or NHL players play in the Olympics ever again for as long as Gary Bettman's alive. But assuming that there was going to be a big international tournament and Canada needed the goaltender this year, who the fuck's in net? Probably Carter Hart's your starter. Sadly, we talked about this that Canada does not produce goaltenders anymore. 
Well, you know what? This is what I would say. Carey Price magically gets healed and he can play again. I don't I think mean, that happens. I think I'd take that option, honestly. I think it's you no, know, it's probably Darcy Kemper. Yeah. I so mean, he, did, he did just win a cup. You, your options would be Mark Andre Fleury, probably too old, but that's an option. Brian Elliott, maybe. Is he still James Reimer. Brian Elliott, sure. Bennington. Uh, Cam Talbot. <laughs> it's like again. Uh, um, no, it'd be it'd be Kemper and Hart. And Fleury, Fleury would be your third. Yeah. I mean, if you look at just this past year, like, what do you want to look at? Do you want to look at wins? You want to look at goals against? You want to look at save percentage? Goals against. Goals against average. Best goal. Well, this is not really helpful because this is showing me a whole bunch of <laughs> random dudes who didn't play a whole lot of games. But uh, Mark andre Fleury had 285. You know why goals against? Because Canada's defense is just naturally going to be so good that you just need him to make the right saves at the right time. You don't need him to necessarily stand on his head. Darcy Kemper was also 285, so Kemper yeah. probably is your starter. Like, going back to the Sochi Olympics, I could have been in net and they would have won. It feels like, like that would... Yeah. It feels like countries rotate between producing goaltenders. Like, for a while, Sweden was making goal, and then Finland was making goaltenders. Finland. Finland now Russia's really making goaltenders with Sorokin. Uh, what's his name? Shesterkin. Vasilevsky. Yeah, Vasilevsky, and the dude... Uh, in for what fuck why can't i speak man nashville oh Askarov. yeah i can't fuck man i'm having problems uh i just like and i full on pulled a mitch still? mcconnell there i was like samsonite <laughs> <laughs> right oh, yeah. oh. Notice, but, notice, uh, that, notice how he doesn't notice how when it it affects him it doesn't get played adora forest olfactory marinations but like, if you think about it, the Russian Russian goalies starting the NHL right now, there's a lot because you have Samsonov, you have Shosturkin, Vasilevsky, Sorokin, Gorgiev. Um, I'm trying to think of who else is there. Well, the good news is you only need one. Bob. <laughs> so the fact that Canada only has one, probably not big of an issue. And again, it doesn't really matter because they'll never play another uh, major tournament internationally ever again because Gary Bettman hates that sort of thing. But what we do know is that the NFL is kicking off very soon. Ooh. And as we have our fantasy get, draft this Thursday's boys. Wow. Oh, is it this Thursday? Yeah. It's the, yeah. And that in my I, calendar. Dude, I'm actually taking off the gym in the morning on Friday. I'm not going to the gym on Friday morning because someone decided to schedule it for fucking nine o'clock on a Thursday night. And I messaged on the side and I was like, what are you doing? And like, well, we'll be over quick. I was like, there's gonna be like six hours. It won't be six hours. It won't be. It won't be. This draft will take an hour tops. Yeah. You know why? It's because most of these guys are just going to be like auto draft. Fuck it. No, auto draft makes it take longer because you got to wait two minutes each pick. So it's uh, it won't take that long. An hour and a half max. But dude, I am so stoked for this football season. I'm so stoked to do preview episodes. Ugh. Me too. Preseason football is here. The Jets smashed the Panthers 27 nothing. It's meaningless, not, but it let, still feels good. Yeah. I was going to say, let's not get boners on preseason football, okay? Uh, I just like seeing the numbers 27 and 0. <laughs> well, also, what comes with preseason football is HBO's Hard Knocks. 
which, you know, they don't make it easy for us in Canada. There's literally no way to watch Hard Knocks. So, legally. I, I mean, at one point, they used to have it on DAZN like five days after it aired or something, but I, I've already canceled it's my DAZN subscription. It's not part of HBO? No, of course not. Why would it be? That wouldn't make sense. So, nevertheless, uh, we found a way, legally, of course. Life finds a to, way. <laughs> yes, as one Jeff Goldblum would say, we found a way to watch HBO Hard Knocks. And I am very interested in the New York Jets this year. Now, what? Yeah, under, no circum- under no circumstance am I going to be cheering for the New York Jets at any point in my life. But I'm interested to see what the Jets are going to do this year because there's just so much happening with that team. Like, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, as a starting quarterback for the New York Jets, is as big as a name as you can possibly get at this moment in the NFL. It, it doesn't get any bigger than Aaron Rodgers, unless you're Tom Brady, but he doesn't currently play in the NFL. So there's no bigger name, I guess, Patrick Mahomes, but Mahomes has been playing in the NFL for almost 20 years, for Christ's sake. It is funny to see Aaron Rodgers interact with a bunch of his teammates, and they're all like, oh, man, I used to watch you when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Go sorry. Ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, like, I, I, I get really fascinated with these shows because sports are so, by nature, such a guarded, kept secret that you really only see 5% of what they want you to see. So you're really only seeing like 1% of anything that is mildly interesting. So things like these, like when NHL did the 24 seven and you know, when hard knocks and things like that, I I'm enthralled by them. So I'm yeah. And how it relates to jets. I I'm really interested to see how the players take Darren Rogers. Well, you know, you, you, you specifically find out, Zach Wilson. You find out right in the first episode. You really do. Like, I, ev- full disclosure, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, everything that I wanted to know, I, I kind of got out of the first episode. Now it's just pure enjoyment. Like, I feel like the receiving, the receiving core is probably going to love Aaron Rodgers, right? You know, I feel like they'll get along really well. I feel like... Maybe some of the DBs will because he can provide them some insight a little bit because, you know, any good player would ask the opposing, you know, the other side of the coin kind of some insight being like, what do you see here? Especially when you have one of the greatest of all time. So all all of them when you watch. So the one thing I took away is that a lot of times, like how many times Dustin did even like the the linebackers or the defensive line, they're like eight special, man, eight eight is special eight now that eight's here oh man eight like he changed the culture of that locker room instantaneously and you can just tell the way the players gravitate kind of towards him and look at him it's it's wild they instantly feel like they have a chance to win i think that's the vibe that i got was this isn't just a possibility anymore this is a probability now or should be. I mean, sure. I, I would I would put them as what top five betting odds to win. Oh, I'm pretty sure they're in the top three for like Fanduel. I think I would imagine it's the the Chiefs. Oh, so just quickly before we move on, just going forward for football season, when we reference odds, can we just use Fanduel 
because like I think we all use yeah. that platform, but it's easier than being like, well, this site has this and this site. Yeah. We just say we're going to go with FanDuel. Sure. So uh, FanDuel, if you want to reach out to us and uh, yeah, sponsor sponsor the the sponsor, show. an exclusive sponsorship to be yeah. our exclusive uh, betting partner on this program, you let us know. You, you uh, yeah, yeah, it's better than the bookie Sergey that's behind the alley and Young and Shepard. Yeah. But uh, the other thing I, I thought was interesting is Aaron Rodgers is completely different than I think. Like, they, the players kind of went out of the way to be like, this guy's different than the media portrays him. Like, the players were very specific in the episode to be like, it's not, like, he's not who you see in interviews or clips or whatever, which I thought was interesting. There might be value. They have the Jets at 1,800 right now, right, with the Ravens and behind the cowboys so right now it's the chiefs the eagles the bills the bengals the niners the cowboys the ravens and the jets i might throw money down on that yo as a ravens fan i don't understand that i know odell beckham jr is there but i don't understand that at all i will say this too there also might be some value on a team like i don't know the vikings at 3500 vikings can't get it done no they're not i've gone i've gone down that road (laughs) i'm not going down Um, that road again the, yeah. and they, you, the other thing you find is that Zach Wilson is very open to this. I, that was my that was my thought is how's he going to be? He seems really excited. And like the the one thing I noticed about Rogers and I thought was is how quickly he jumps into the coach role. Like the first preseason game, the Hall of Fame game, he's like, give me a headset. And like Robert Sala has no problems with this. He's like, yeah, let's go. Like, there's an inherent... It feels like... Dustin, did you get this? There's a, an inherent shared responsibility, it almost feels like. Like, he's definitely... there. Everybody's... like. I mean, he's more senior than Salah, wouldn't he be? Like, in terms of experience? Experience in the league, yeah, for sure. So, it it definitely feels like there's a, an inherent, like... We're, we're looking to you for, for guidance here. like, And they're looking to him to to train Zach Wilson. Like it's the, even the part about like the no look passes and stuff like that. Like it's very apparent that he's not there just to win this year, but he's there to produce winners in years after, you know? Yeah. The whole, the whole mantra is a little bit more like that was cool. Do what you almost a shot yeah. in the face of Bill Belichick, right? Cause Bill Belichick's thing is do your job. And they would say, don't just do your job. Well, like, What's next? Like, yeah. What what happens if you do give, a little bit more than your job? Right. Do your job, but give me just a little bit more. And then if all fifty of us are giving just a little bit more, we're going to be better than everyone else. So yeah. it's, it's 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 an interesting idea. Like they have it plastered on the wall in in their uh, locker rooms and stuff. Oh, so I'll be curious to see how that plays out. I, I, it's a cool idea. It's a cool concept. Yeah, and and watching the relationship between I was mentioning this before sauce and Garrett Wilson, how they're they're competitive, but in a good way, because, I mean, one's offensive rookie of the year, the other one's defensive rookie of the year, one's a wide receiver, the other one's a safety. Like, they push each other. And, dude, the speed at which these guys, like, being having the cameras at field level, watching them pivot and move and run, like, it's just, it's crazy how fast these young guys are and, and how they move, like, and even some of the, like there were there were throws that guys were like 
did you see that? Like only Aaron Rodgers can make that throw. Right. Oh, and yeah. that's, and that's the difference. Um, and, and, and the whole time throughout the entire show, Robert Salas just smiling the entire time. And it's because he has something to work with. Um, so it's going to be an interesting year. And I think hard knocks is going to be really cool. And it's cool to have Liv Schreiber there. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say too, is that entrance apparently was awesome. Yeah. He's a helicopter. He just shows up in a helicopter. And then Aaron Rodgers is so Star Trek. They're starstruck. He just goes, hey, have you said hi to Liv yet? Like, he's the voice of God. Voice of God over here. Because he's like, Rodgers is in love with all the documentaries. So he's yeah, over like, he kept telling like, all the young guys on the team. And they're always like, like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, he's like, voice of God over there. Go say hi. He's telling Nathaniel hi. He's like, go say hi. Go talk to him. Um, which I thought was really cool. But the other thing I thought was cool, too, is I didn't know how many celebrities were, like, Jets fans. Like, they had Method Man do a, a rally speech, which I thought was wicked. Like, Method Man's the best. So, validates me as a Jets fan that Method Man is also a Jets fan. So, kill a bees, hmm. you know. Wu-Tang ain't nothing to fuck with. New York Jets ain't nothing to fuck with now. Well, maybe you're welcome for us telling you of the great value of the New York Jets right now. But you're certainly welcome for everyone's favorite segment of the week. That's right, it is time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is a segment where we get to hear Maven's entrance music. That you can't hear anywhere else because you know if you go onto the WWE Network, which is kind of working again now, it's still kind of fucked up, but it kind of works now. If you go and watch like his five matches that he had in WWE, they edit his music out now, eh? Dude, you know what came up in my TikTok the other day? The storyline with him, Tori Wilson, and Tajiri, where Tori Wilson apparently slept with Maven while he was in the hospital, laid up with his leg. And Tajiri was like looking for Maven in the hospital, and they were like they thought he was a doctor, so they put him like a surgery gown. <laughs> like Tajiri, they thought he was a doctor, and somehow he ends up in the room, and like Tori's like getting dressed again, and she's like, "Was that like, I don't know what she says." He's like, "Yeah, it was great." Like he throws his hands up behind his, and you can tell he's trying to be the Rock so bad in that moment. And then Tajiri comes in and just missed everybody. Like those segments don't happen anymore. Do you remember Tajiri's mist in um, what is it? WrestleMania 2000? No, he wasn't 2000. He wasn't in that game. Yeah, it must I'm, have been like SmackDown. Just bring it, or here yeah. comes the pain, or something. No, like okay. That. Well, I, it wasn't Tajiri, but the move was in it that for the creative wrestler you could use. I guarantee oh. it because I used to do it. I mean, it was Muda. He Muda's. It was yeah. probably yeah from Great Muda. Yeah. yeah. Okay, nerds. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was great. Muda's mist because it was yeah. like the different oh, color green. Yeah, Kiji Muda. <laughs> it, it, it was forest green, not emerald green, like Tigeri. Yeah, but yeah, anyway. cool move. Anyway, shout out anyone who's going first. So I'm going to stick with the New York Jets, but I'm going to take a different spin to this. Where my shout out is going to go to the guy who actually broke the story of Aaron Rodgers joining the New York Jets. Even though he wasn't credited during HBO's Hard Knocks, and even <laughs> though Colin Coward was for some reason. Fucking Colin Coward. This guy's going to shout out. I know who's shouting out. I'm going to be shout out. The guy who actually broke the story 
the guy who is the most entertaining man in professional wrestling commentary today, the man who is probably the number one sports podcast on the planet right now, one Pat McAfee deserves a shout out. Oh, I thought you were going to say for- yourself. <laughs> oh, God, no. Because <laughs> you called it. I, that's what I thought it was too. going to also. I thought you were going to shout out yourself. That's funny because like all those things like could apply if I was being like a real arrogant prick. Yeah. But no, Pat McAfee on the Pat McAfee show actually broke the story of when Aaron Rodgers decided to join the New York Jets. I know I speculated it for months before it actually happened. But when it actually did happen, it was broke on that. It was broken on that show, and he got absolutely no credit for it. So, Pat McAfee gets my shout out this week. Um, mine, honestly, uh, I have two. One was going to be Rodion Amirov, but I wasn't sure if we were going to um, get to him earlier. So, him just, you know, it sucks, and we went over it. So, uh, shout out to him. And the other one is uh, Saquon Barkley. I was watching that dude's workouts on Instagram, and I feel bad for any defensive core that has to go up against Saquon Barkley this year. Like that dude was clean well, squatting. He is very like, pissed about his oh, contract. Yeah. yeah. So my shout out goes to Saquon because watching those workouts and that dude just never skips a leg day. Let's just say for all those nerds who are like upper body curls all day go watch saquon just clean rack what is it i think he did on each side six plates of 45s and just no support no nothing just down and up like it's nobody's business he's pushing sleds of like 400 pounds up a hill like it's nobody's business like saquon's gonna ruin people's careers this year and i'm here for it like i'm not a giants fan obviously i jets and steelers are my team but um yeah, like this dude is, he's going to tear it up. All right. Mine, it's an NFL football trifecta here. My shout out goes to Canadian Nathan Rourke for uh, right now the Jacksonville Jaguars. The man is there trying to make his NFL career happen. I mean, it's not going to happen in Jacksonville behind Trevor Lawrence, but what it does have, have the opportunity to do is showcase his talents in training camp where other teams are watching so that if he is eventually cut by the Jaguars, other teams might take a flyer on this really talented Canadian kid. I suggest you go watch the play he made in preseason where he broke like 46 tackles and somehow made a touchdown pass into the end zone. Uh, The kid was talented here for the BC Lions. Fortunately, he didn't really finish the season as he wanted to because he was injured, but it's very clear that this kid is talented, has what it takes to be a contributor on an NFL team. I hope someone gives him a shot. But go check out that highlight because it's really fucking sick. So my shout-out is, is to Nathan Rourke. Like, and guys tried to take his head off. He kept ducking through, breaking tackle. It was cool. The, the will, the sheer will to make that play. That's what it's about. And thank you for joining us today on another episode of 43.6. What was a very nice episode of 43.6 we'll see you next week for another glorious episode of 43.6 which of course will be brought to you by now your treasures but until then take care of yourselves and each other 